there's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. I'm going to ask you a sensitive question. You're the radio woman? The existence of fairies has never been a question. The answer is no. They're real. You didn't let me ask the question. Very real. So, what am I looking for? There's something going on up there at night. Woods. Anybody who started to ask questions later on was either permanently silenced or encouraged to be silent by the evidence that others were being systematically permanently silenced. What would fairies really look like? Really look like? What I'd like to know is, why did you bring her to me? Me. Would they look more like us? Spiteful, malignant, deadly, deadly. The Ones Who Feed, by Anonymous. The midnight moors, their songs of dying, of moonlit forests, of shades and sighing, with death white worms and barren creaking, through mud and mire and swamp things creeping. In sickly pools, those feeding beasts hide tortured forms in ancient peat who gnash and gnarl and eat and reap, while dreaming dark and rich and deep. And when they wake and sound their ire, o'er hills and dells and wind-swept shire, past shores and cliffs and green springs dawning, past skies turned dark with blackness yawning. The time of death-light's terror shines on winged shapes and shades denied. Steal life from living, ley lines lead, from cold and dark and bitter seed. The eldest stir beneath the reeds. The ancient gods, the ones who feed. Fairy is a podcast production, available exclusively on Spotify. From the Public Radio Alliance in Minnow Beats, Wales, you're listening to Fairy. I'm Ryan Bailey. Stay with us.
The poem I read at the beginning of this episode was from something Elliot Waters sent to me from a book of old fairy tales called The Lampling Deep. Most of them were uncredited or featured anonymous authors. Earlier in this series, Elliot Waters provided what he believes is evidence of something. Something from another world or dimension. A creature or being he referred to as a changeling. I spoke with Elliot Waters over the phone. I had a few more questions about what he'd presented last time. Hello? Hey, Elliot. It's Ryan Bailey. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. Great. What can I do for you? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'd like to ask you a few more questions about what happened. About the changeling? Yes. You don't find it easy to say that name. Changeling. That's true. It just feels... odd. I understand. I also had an extremely hard time with certain nomenclature related to the Fae. The word fairies, in particular. Well, it's not exactly standard. I mean, this is a fairly fantastical world you're positing. Yeah, yes, it certainly is. Okay, so do you have any additional information on that situation? You mentioned you'd hired a private investigator. Uh Uh-huh, yes. And there have been a couple of additional developments. Would you be willing to share that information with me? With our listeners? Mr. Waters? Let's talk off the record first and see what happens. So, I stopped recording. Mr. Waters explained that, although he was still fine sharing most of the information related to his investigation, he wanted to maintain a bit of distance when treading into certain gray areas, legally speaking. For example, his private investigator was able to use certain facial recognition software to track the young woman pushing that stroller from that intersection to what Waters believes is, or at least was at one point in time, her residence. Although he wasn't willing to detail that discovery process on the record, he was willing to let me tag along when he visited her apartment building. This is it. You didn't call ahead or anything? I don't have any information aside from the address. You're sure this is her building? Not at all. Oh. The only thing I know for certain is that she, or a woman who looks exactly like her, entered this building on the afternoon I stepped in front of that bus. Okay, so what's the plan? Buzz the building manager, see what happens. Great. Ready? Ready. The building manager was Russian, 60s, stocky with a perpetually raised right eyebrow. Waters did his best to explain why we were there. It took a few minutes, but eventually the manager took a look at a screen capture of the mystery woman. Yes, this woman I know. Who is she? It's Miss Kedden, from Tour 3. Is there any way we might be able to speak with her? Sorry, no way. Why not? She moved out. Did she leave a forwarding address? 
No. Why you want to speak with Miss Karen? We think she may have been a witness to an accident. You could ask husband. Karen's husband? Do you have his contact information? He still lives in building. With baby. But she moved out? Eh, drugs maybe. It's not good thing. Husband at work. I give him your information if you want. If he calls you, up to him. We'd really appreciate it. It's okay. Thank you. We left the building and walked the block or so back to the car. We're being followed. What do you mean? I mean, that silver SUV? It's been following us all morning. You're sure? I understand how this sounds. It's just not something that's normally on the menu in real life. Yeah, well... I mean, it sounds exciting, if I'm being honest. I kind of actually hope it's true. I've never been followed by a mysterious vehicle before. That you're aware of. Right. That I'm aware of. Are you sure? It's kind of hard to believe. I'll prove it. How? Just forget about the silver SUV. Take us somewhere for coffee. Where? You pick. So, I took us across town to a coffee shop near my place. We sat down and waited for a couple of pastries to get heated in the oven. I didn't see any silver SUVs in the parking lot. That's because they're not in the parking lot. No? No. They're across the street. And there it was, the silver SUV. Water showed me the license plate. It was the same vehicle. Somebody actually was following us. What happened next was perhaps even more disturbing. The silver SUV drove right by us, slowing down markedly as it passed. I couldn't make out the driver clearly. She was female, I think, wearing sunglasses. I had my phone out, doing my best to surreptitiously record the SUV on video as it passed. What happened next was surprising. I received a text message. It was a one-word warning. It simply read, stop. That part wasn't the scariest part, however. I'd been threatened off stories before. No, the part that was surprising and kind of terrifying was the fact that the text came from Elliot Waters' phone. A phone that was, at that very moment, in his pocket. Elliot Waters put me in touch with his private investigator. He or she calls him or herself the demon. Apparently, the demon is pretty good with anything high-tech. Hello? Hello, Ryan. Hello. What should I... we'll be fine. Okay, then. Something Elliot Waters forgot to tell me was that he'd never actually met the demon in real life or heard his or her real voice. At first, the voice disguise effect was disconcerting, but after a bit, I got used to it. Did you get a chance to look over the data from our cell phones? It's very interesting. You should be worried. How worried? Well, they definitely know what they're doing. You'll be safer driving a car without computers for the foreseeable future. 
What do you mean? I mean, what they pulled with your phones is a lot more complicated than hacking an automotive control system. You mean they can listen to what's happening in my car? Absolutely, or cut your brakes or lock your steering or cruise control at an extremely high speed. Oh. Pretty crazy, right? Any luck finding out who did that with our phones? Still working on it, but the final list shouldn't be very long. It's a pretty advanced hack. Okay. I'll get back to you as soon as I know more. Thanks. You got it. We're still waiting to hear back from the husband of the woman from apartment 203, the woman the building manager referred to as Miss Karen. In the meantime, we received a series of voice messages at the Public Radio Alliance. Things have been busy, and it took a few days for us to get through a busy week of messages. By the time we found the first message, she'd already sent two more. Hello, this is a message for Ryan Bailey. Um, I hope this is the right number. I heard your show, The Fairies, and, well, I didn't, or, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say it, uh, something strange is happening, something that sounds like what's happening on your show. I'd like to speak to that guy Waters, I think he might be able to help me to figure out what's going on. My name is Margo Kinghorn and my number is... Hello again. Uh, please call me back as soon as you can, either Ryan Bailey or Elliot Waters. I promise I'm not in that job. I just, well, please call me back. Thank you. My number is. Hello again. Listen, children are going missing. Nobody is willing to listen. I need your help. Tell Elliot Waters I'm talking about the Night Song of the Banshee, the 57th poem in the Book of Taliesin. Please call me back. We called Margot Kinghorn, but there was no answer. While we were waiting for her to return our call, I sat down with Elliot Waters to ask him a few more questions. I have a few follow-up questions about everything that's happening, if you don't mind. Not at all. There's much to discuss. Definitely. So, let's start with the big one, again. Sounds good. What makes you so certain that these fairies exist? I've seen them. Of course. But is there any way you might be able to convince me somehow? Okay, the the Fae are like... Well, it's not like the Christian myth of Jesus. You don't have to believe or have faith in them. They just really do exist. You can see them. Although things often don't turn out well, if you do. You end up stepping in front of a bus. Something like that, yes. And there's nothing concrete you can show me or point to? Maybe some evidence from your previous employer, the department? That would be ideal, yes. However, the department has essentially been erased. At least, as far as I can tell. You understand how that might appear a bit convenient? 
Absolutely. I would feel the same way. So, outside of that exorcisty video of the woman that easily could have been doctored, you have no real proof. Well, I don't think you'll find any expert who can prove that video isn't genuine, but even so, it's certainly not incontrovertible proof of anything. No, it's certainly not. But, if you follow this story, you're going to eventually find something. Are you sure? Definitely. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Let's say fairies or the Fae do exist. Okay, sure, and they do. If that's the case, then my question is why? Or perhaps more accurately, why now? What do you mean? I mean, do you have any idea why these beings you refer to as the Fae have returned to our world after a ten-year absence? We have theories. We. I'm not the only one who's concerned. I'd love to meet somebody who shares your beliefs, if that's possible. It's complicated, but for better or worse, I really don't think there's any avoiding it. I was working late at the studio, going over some narration copy. I can't remember exactly what piece of narration I was editing when I heard the sound. At first I thought it was something in the background of the piece of audio I was editing, but then I heard it again. It was the photocopier. In the Public Radio Alliance studio, there's an old photocopier that had been abandoned by the previous tenant. It didn't have any toner, and I didn't actually think it was plugged in, but there was no mistaking that sound. As I approached the lunchroom, where the photocopier was stored, I could see the familiar green light flickering, lighting up the room. I moved slowly into the room, carefully, my phone open, ready to press the emergency call button if necessary. But I was alone. There was nobody there. The photocopier wrapped up its final page, and the room was suddenly silent. I took another look around to make sure I was alone before I approached the photocopier and picked up the last page. There was an image on the page, which was very strange considering the fact that there was no toner in the machine. It took me a moment to realize what I was looking at. It was me, from behind, sitting at my desk, in front of my laptop, in my apartment. It was terrifying. And aside from the weirdness of finding this, working alone at night in the studio, there was something else that felt strange about the picture. It took me a while to see it, but when I did, it was, to put it mildly, extremely disconcerting. It was barely discernible at first, but once I saw it, it was all that I could see. In the hallway, out of sight, was a figure. Someone or something was in my apartment. 
That's when my phone started ringing. That's when I woke up. I'd fallen asleep in the bath and had been having an extremely realistic dream. I woke in total darkness. The water was cold and I was shivering. The candles I'd lit must have burned out while I'd been sleeping. Judging by the temperature of the water, I must have been out for quite a while. The call was coming from an unknown number. I answered, but there appeared to be nothing but strange radio interference of some kind, almost like a fax machine. After listening for a bit, it kind of sounded like there was a voice, or voices, but I couldn't make anything out, so I hung up. If it was important, they'd call back. I got out of the bath and dried off. I stared at myself in the mirror. I looked different, tired, worn out. I was still a bit groggy. I actually thought I saw my reflection smile when I wasn't smiling. Although the temperature was cool in the bathroom by this point, there was fog on the mirror. I tried to wipe away the fog to take one more look at my reflection to make sure I wasn't still imagining things, but and this is going to sound strange, I know. The fog appeared to be on the inside of the mirror. No matter how much I tried, I couldn't wipe it away. My reflection stared back at me from behind the mirror, from behind an untouchable fog. I sat down on the edge of the bathtub, closed my eyes, and waited until I was brave enough to take another look. When I stood back up and took another look, the fog had lifted, but the face looking back at me from the other side of the mirror looked even more tired and worn out than before. I called into work to check my messages. I needed to get my mind off what had happened. Hey, I've been trying to call on your cell, but I can't get through. There's been another group disappearance. Some teenagers disappeared in Olympia. Rumors are it's because they went into the woods and listened to a song on a dare. Something the kids in the area have been calling the earworm. Please call me when you get this. It's Elliot Waters. This message was extremely interesting. I'd received a message earlier in the day from Dr. Emmett Fisk. He was calling regarding the young woman who'd gone missing for that month after visiting that strange circle of stones with her friends and then lost her child. It's not her real name, but we're going to refer to her as Maria from this point forward. Dr. Fisk sent me a link to an audio file, a clip from an interview conducted with Maria. It sounds like a journalist or police therapist was asking the questions. Dr. Fisk was uncertain about the clip's provenance. He does, however, believe that it's authentic and that it was recorded while she was pregnant, sometime after her return from that missing month and the birth of her daughter nine months later. It was a joke. We went up there to sing and dance around the stones. Benjamin was convinced we'd unleashed something magical, a, a leprechaun or a mound lady or something. I understand. So you went up there to sing a song and dance? Yes, to summon the elemental. What's an elemental? 
I have no idea. Okay, so by singing and dancing, you were going to summon something. Yes. What for? I have no idea. Okay, so what were you going to sing? It turned out to be more like reading than singing. What did you read? The earworm. The earworm? What is that? Something from the pages that Benjamin had printed out. And you did this? The reading of this earworm? From the pages? Maria? Yes. And then what happened? We entered the ring to dance. And then? Maria? Yes? I have to ask you once again. Did you have sexual intercourse with any of your three male friends while you were there in the forest? No. Uh, but you did have sexual intercourse. Would you like to continue this interview later? No, it's fine. I don't believe I did have sexual intercourse. At least, not in real life. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. It's because it was in a dream. In a dream? Yes. What kind of dream? A nightmare. What happened in the nightmare? The things in the darkness uh, turned into my head and just tore the light apart. I was broken and uh, ripped in two. The entire fabric of my self was taken. It was horrible. It was something I'll, I'll never be able to forget. Or forgive. I understand you're due to give birth in a few months. That's correct. And that the doctors place your date of conception sometime during that missing month. Maria? Maria? I don't want to talk about this anymore. You've been listening to Fairy. I'm Ryan Bailey. Fairy is a ParCast production, available exclusively on Spotify. Fairy is produced by Terry Miles, produced, mixed, and edited by Nick Silver and me, Ryan Bailey. Associate producers, Carlene Bennett and David James. Executive producers, Terry Miles and Hollis Adams Lane. If you enjoy Fairy, you'll love our other shows, Tannis and Rabbits, at tannispodcast.com and rabbitspodcast.com. For legal and safety reasons, we've elected to change some names and leave others out entirely. 
We don't do this very often, but we're unwilling to compromise people's safety for any reason. Thanks again for listening to Fairy.